0: For a limited time at Sprint, get $50 for each new phone you lease when you switch. That's right. You'll get $50 for each new phone on a prepaid MasterCard issued by MetaBank, member FDIC. Just register for the card online and you're good to go. Get a network built for unlimited and a great price at Sprint. It's the best of both worlds. And get $50 on a prepaid MasterCard for each phone you lease. Visit a Sprint store this weekend only for sizzling Sprint Saturday deals.
1: Card terms, conditions, and expiration apply. Log Talk Radio. Welcome to the Passionpreneurs Podcast. I'm your host Ryan C Green. Welcome, welcome, welcome back to another episode of the Passionpreneurs Podcast. I am your host Ryan C Green, and I'm excited about another week. And we have been on fire. We've had some great shows in the past, and uh, the Passionpreneurs Podcast. You know, this show is all about turning your passion in a profitable enterprises and uh, if you missed any of our past episodes want more information on how to become a passionpreneur or want more resources make sure you go to com. make sure you join the email list follow up on uh follow us on social media uh, you can go to my personal website at www.ryancgreen.com that's green with the e for all the tools and books and resources Uh, If you want to book me to speak at one of your um, events, you can do all of that right there at RyanCGreen.com. I'm excited about another show because, uh, you know, part of being a radio show host is not that I just um, am able to uh, spend time talking to my listeners, but I'm able to interview great people and have, um, you know, great conversations with people who might um, otherwise not be able to. So we have a a great guest lined up uh, for today we're going to bring on in a few minutes, but like I do every week, I want to kind of set the uh the table for what we're going to discuss today. And then we're going to bring uh him on. Uh, you don't want to miss it. Uh today, you know, it's part of being a passionpreneur, uh you know, there's things that I talk about uh, on how to uh reignite your fire within and how to really um get back to get get let your passion be your compass for your lifestyle, or how to go about turning that passion into a profitable enterprise. Uh, and last week we talked to uh, retired NFL player uh, Keon Carpenter. Uh, this week we have a, a very special guest we're going to bring on um, in a few. But I want to talk today. Today we're going to talk about is we're talking about uh, recognizing new opportunities, and we're talking about recognizing new opportunities uh, in your quest to become a passionpreneur and your quest to uh, really start going after what it is you're passionate about. Uh, There's four things I want to give you on how to recognize new opportunities Uh, as as you're traveling, as you're going through life, as you're going, uh, you know, trying to uh, figure out what it is you're supposed to do, figure out what it is uh, that's going to really be your thing, uh, quote, unquote. You know, what do you do uh, when you sometimes want to reach reach a roadblock? Sometimes you're going to reach a a spot where um, it's just not necessarily going the way you want it to go. And part of um, going towards that lifestyle, becoming a passion for really being successful at what you do, uh, part of that entails recognizing new opportunities. So I want to give you four quick uh, keys here, four quick tips on how to recognize new opportunities or, or things you need to do to help you recognize those new opportunities. And number one thing I want to talk about uh, is when you recognize new opportunities, that you're going to have to find sometimes, I recognize new relationships. All right, you're going to have to uh, develop new relationships uh, along the way and opportunities for those new relationships. Um, and, and really I'm talking about building partnerships with people. You know, um, one of my mentors, Trevor I.T., says all the time, do you want to be popular or do you want to be profitable? You know, and I think a lot of times we spend so much time trying to be popular, trying to do the things that will make our friends happy, trying to uh, – uh, find how many people we can get to follow us on uh, this social media or how many people we can uh, get to uh, share this uh, quote or this status. Um, but the question is, you know, are you turning that into profit? Uh, is that uh, really getting you towards the goal that you're trying to accomplish? And and if, you, if your answer is no, it's not, then you've got to question uh, your, your relationships. You've got to figure out how can you build new partnerships doesn't mean get rid of your friends. I'm not saying that at all. Don't uh, go get rid of your friends. Don't start talking bad about them and what they can't do for you. Uh, you know, you don't need any statuses about while wow, you all are watching empire. I'm out building my empire. Uh, you know, but you want to create relationships and build partnerships with people who can get you closer to your goals. You know, you meet, you might need to change your associations. If uh, you're the average of your five closest friends and all your friends kind of do the same thing you do and you're trying to do something different, then it's going to be kind of difficult for those friends to get you there sometimes. They may support you uh, as you get there. You know, they may be able to uh, help you and be at the events or, or tell people about what you do, but actually getting you there, it may be kind of difficult. Uh, So you need to change your uh, relationship, uh, recognize new opportunities for new relationships. Uh, Then you need to recognize new opportunities for new roads. Uh, You know, a new road, what I mean by that is that, you know, you may have to start looking at a a different way to go towards your goal. You're not necessarily changing your goal, but you may have to go about it a different way. You know, say your goal is to uh, something noble, like you want to help homeless people. uh, And for the last five years, you've been trying to start a nonprofit organization, and you just can't seem to get it off the ground. Um, maybe changing the road, finding a different way to do that, a different way to help homeless people. Maybe you volunteer for another uh, nonprofit instead, or maybe you just go out on weekends and you you, you feed homeless people. Uh, there's ways to go about achieving your goal that may be different than what you initially set out. Uh, you know, maybe y- y- your 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 road and your path that you're trying to take to achieve that goal uh, needs to be adjusted. So, uh, new roads. Uh, are important to understand that it's not bad. It's not wrong. Uh, when you recognize that you have to have a, a new road to get your peer uh opportunity to get to your goal. Uh, then also number three, I uh, was talking about new relationships. We talked about new roads and then there's new risks. You know, uh, sometimes you have to change up the goal altogether <laughs> and find new challenges. Uh, we're going to discuss that with our guest today as well. Cause he's uh, done so much in such a, a, a short amount of time. we to discuss some of those things, but, uh, you know, I know for an entrepreneur, sometimes the hardest part of being an entrepreneur is accepting when your idea just isn't working. <laughs> you have to change direction, and uh, that that's a very difficult place to be, a very difficult time to say, you know, uh, sometimes you just have to change it up altogether. You have to realize that uh, a failure is really an opportunity for a new objective, for a new goal, uh, and, and realizing and learning when to do that, when to accept those new risks, Uh, when to say uh, this uh, isn't going to work, whether it's not going to work at all ever or if it's just not going to work right now, and what direction you have to go once you realize that. Uh, So understanding those new risks. And then finally, you need to recognize uh, opportunities for new rewards. And that's simply by, I mean by that, by recognizing opportunities for new rewards, understanding when sometimes you have to change your place in your goals uh, you know, instead of you being 100% owner of something, uh, maybe you have to be a 50% owner in something, and and help some have someone else come in and help you along the way. Uh, instead of being the talent, maybe you have to be uh, the director or the producer, or someone behind the scene, uh, to make your goal uh, go where it's trying to go. You have to ask yourself this important question: What's more important? Is your goal? Are you more important, or is your goal more important? A lot of times we get caught up in thinking it has to be us, we have to be the star, we have to be the name, the voice, the picture, the person in front uh but sometimes if it's if it's your goal, if it's your 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 goal is more important' so it's not a doesn't matter who is in front and who's getting the glory uh you want the goal to be accomplished, so you'll find your place in your goal uh where you fit. Uh, so those are uh, four quick things I want to give you when you talk about recognizing new opportunities. We're talking about recognizing sometimes you have to have new relationships, recognize when it's time to take new roads, recognize when it's time to take new risks, and recognize when it's time to take new rewards. Now, I want to uh, bring on our guest today because uh, this young man uh, is from my hometown. We were both from uh, Baltimore. I-, I follow this man. He has a great story. He's a uh, um you, you, you probably have seen his magazine and not even known he was uh, in charge of it. <laughs> and, so he's the former uh, publisher and president of Heart and Soul magazine. He's also the founder of Soul of the South Television Network. I want to bring on Mr. Evan, Evan welcome to the show. Hey,
0: Ryan. How you doing? Thank you for having me.
1: Good, good. Glad to have you on, man. It's an honor and a pleasure to have you on the show. Uh, so uh, we want I just want to talk to you um just let's, let's, real quickly, about ten, twelve, fifteen minutes—not not very long—but we're going to get uh, some questions so that our listeners can really hear from someone who's doing it, who's done it. We're talking about recognizing opportunities. You know, you uh, have have taken advantage of quite a few opportunities in your career. So I just kind of want to, you know, you have a chance to tell your story, kind of take it back to. At uh, the beginning, I, I, I was doing some research and saw you went to Cornell University, so I got to give you love for that because my frat was founded on Cornell University.
0: Campus. <laughs> so yeah. yeah, that's all right. You know, one of your frat brothers, as a matter of fact, that was there while I was there was just on the cover of Forbes magazine. Uh, brother named oh, wow. Robert. Smith. Check him out. He's the second, uh, second wealthiest African American in the country after Oprah. Now, he, you know, went past Michael Jordan, but. Uh, one of your frat brothers. Um, I happened to pledge uh, another frat while I was at Cornell, uh, that, that of Kappa Alpha Psi. Uh, but that's you awesome. know, had lots of had some lots of good friends that were alphas, um, and really proud of those guys, and, and, and enjoyed my time with them. But uh, yeah, I went to Cornell, and that's where I kind of really, um, you know, started getting my entrepreneurial you know, my entrepreneurial groove on. Um, As a matter of fact, actually before then, I, uh, you know, started doing my own businesses when I was younger before I got to college, you know, at home doing the newspaper route, lawn mowing, snow shoveling business in Philadelphia. Really, I grew up in Philadelphia, and then I moved to Baltimore after Cornell. So that's where where we, we, we came to cross paths. Um, here, So, you know, I've lived in Baltimore, Monterrey, then i lived in Philadelphia, so you, I might as well call it my hometown. I've been here so long. But I uh, actually grew up in Philadelphia, and that's where I kind of got the entrepreneurial bug of doing my own thing and working for myself. And then when I got to Cornell, I got into media because I started a campus magazine for the minority students there at Cornell called Equity. So it was the magazine for the African-American, Hispanic-American, Native American, Asian students there at Cornell University, giving voice to um, the minority population there. And that's how I got into the media industry.
1: Wonderful. And and so talk to us about how um, you you ended up at Heart and Soul Magazine, because I thought you had your own company. You were doing advertising public relations. And we were talking about, uh, I was talking a little earlier about new roads. And so at some point you decided to take uh, a, a new road. You, your, your objective was still to, to reach people and still to impact uh, people through media. But you took a different direction. You went uh, with Heart and Soul. How did that come about? And talk about some of your successes you had at, at the helm of Heart and Soul.
0: Sure. Well, um, as you said, I, I was running another company. I was partnered with another brother in Baltimore named Adrian Harpool. We had a um company called 21st Century Group. And 21st Century Group was an advertising public relations firm. Um, I joined uh, um, and got in partnership with Adrian Arpool. Um, from, uh, I was I had another company before that. It was called U.S. Prevention Marketing Group. And I had created a brand of condoms, an HIV-AIDS prevention campaign that I sold to government and nonprofit agencies all over the country. Um, and th- wow. that company was called U- U.S. Prevention Marketing Group, and we had this brand of condoms called Umoja Sasa condoms. Swahili means unity now, and my goal was to unite black people and, and, and eventually Latino people and other people of color around the efforts of stopping the spread of HIV and AIDS, um, unplanned, unplanned pregnancies, and other STDs that really were plaguing our community. So, I, I was doing that, doing education and prevention around health issues. Then I partnered up with my, my friend Adrian Harpool so that we could win the state of Maryland anti smoking campaign, um, advertising and public relations campaign. And we won that along with a company called GKV Communications. So, a lot of my background had been in health related marketing, trying to create a, a healthier environment and heightened the awareness and education of people of color around the health issues that are impacting our community in such a disproportionate way, whether it's um, Mm -hmm. obesity, STD, heart disease, cancers, all of these things were negatively impacting our community. And so uh, through the, you know, U.S. Prevention Marketing Group and eventually 21st Century Group, I got really involved in health education and prevention. While I was doing that, Heart and Soul Magazine, which was the health and fitness magazine for African-American women, um, did an article about me. And um, once I got that article, I laminated it and I hung it up on the wall, and I just loved it. I just loved that magazine. I was like, wow, I really would like to own that brand one of these days. If I got my hands on that brand, the things that I would do, you know, so I imagine doing <laughs> conferences, imagine doing award shows, creating you know, vitamins nutritional supplement products, all of those type of things around that theme of heart and soul. And so um, in 2004, the company that had the magazine, a company called Vanguard Media, went bankrupt. Um, now, it was surprising because the guys who were running that were some outstanding entrepreneurs, but they had, um, I think they just overstretched a little bit. They had um, Heart and Soul magazine. They, they launched a magazine called Savoy Many remember that magazine. They had right, Honey that. magazine. Yeah. They had Honey Savoy and Heart and Soul, and they burned through about fifty, sixty million dollars of venture capital, um, but eventually went bankrupt anyway. And so I was able to come into the bankruptcy court and scoop up Heart and Soul and, and rescue it from its fate of of being off the newsstands. And I got it back on the newsstands in two thousand five, and ran the company for the next eight years. Um, where I just grew the circulation, built the team, raised the capital, and, um, you know, got heart and soul back into all the stores, all the Barnes & Nobles, all the Walmarts, all the, you know, CVS, you name it, we are in all those magazines across the country. And it was really fascinating because as I grew up as a little boy um, in Philadelphia, I would read Black Enterprise Magazine, and I would read Ebony. And I was just always so super impressed with um, Mr. John Johnson, the publisher of Ebony and Mr. Earl Graves, the publisher of Black Enterprises. These guys were my heroes. They they were some of my entrepreneurial icons that I followed. And so how how Mm -hmm. ironic it it was 20 years later, uh, 25 years later, where I owned a national magazine that sat on the newsstands right next to my heroes. So – You know, I've lived a life of visualizing and dreaming big dreams, and then God has blessed me with the ability to not only dream it, but then to plan it and do it. And that's my theme that I tell everybody. Dream it, plan it, do it. And and you'd be amazed at what things that you can make happen.
1: That's that's an awesome story. I didn't even know the
0: half of that. I mean, that's just,
1: you know, an amazing story. Just one day you're on the page, the next day you're running the pages. It's just a... uh, a great story. Now, now you talked about dreaming and making it bigger and bigger. And you, I think, probably have in, uh, embarked upon one of your biggest. Um, I'll go into the new risk, your, your biggest um, endeavor now. And you have a, a television network, right?
0: Right. Well, I am one of the founders of a television network called the Soul of the South Television Network. Um, I'm the original CEO. I'm not the CEO of the company right now, but I. Uh, uh, back in 2011, I really got going. Um, some guys approached me about buying Heart and Soul, and, and you know, I thought it was some, some ironic timing because I was trying to develop video programs um, so that I could expand our web presence. Um, that was the big thing. Was you know, as as print as as your your mobile and your web is growing, you know, all the advertisers want to know what do you have. Um, for a digital offering. And so when you talk digital, you're talking talking, um, video, you know, video drives the web. And so I was looking to develop a television show for the Heart and Soul magazine. And I hooked up with some people who were experienced TV people, and um, they were helping me to produce the show. And right around that time, people called me up and said they wanted to buy Heart and Soul from me. And I said to my TV partners, like, hey, looks like I'm not going to be able to develop this Heart and Soul TV show because some people are trying to buy Heart and Soul magazine from me, and they've made me a pretty nice offer, and so I believe I'm going to take it. And, um, you know, just those guys said, hey, well, you know what? We don't have to get out of the business altogether. In fact, we've just identified a new opportunity that we wanted to see if you were interested in. And so, I, of course, I was willing to explore it. And what they presented to me was, ever since TV has changed, from analog to digital, uh, TV stations had the ability to go from having one television station to multiple television stations. So it was because when you went to digital, each TV station has 19.4 megahertz of digital spectrum. And with that, the TV stations normally themselves, even for their high-depth channel, only needs about 9 to 10 megahertz to run their regular channel, so they would have an additional 9 or 10 megahertz that they could divide up and lease out or do barter deals. And so the um the guys that I was working with presented the opportunity, why don't we go and per, um, put together a whole television network and go after television stations in the south and create a super regional television network trying to play off of that digital spectrum, and we'll call it Soul of the South, and we want you to be the chairman and CEO of the company, Edward. And, you know, it was fascinating. I was blown away. It was like, wow, this is what God, you know, had in store for me because I believe, you know, I'm a, I'm a man of faith. And I think that God said, mm-hmm. okay, when you've done well with a few things, I'm ready to give you more. And that's how I saw it. I did well with heart and soul. And now he gave me the opportunity to build a television network. And so here we are now, three years later, we launched the television network um, on uh, Memorial Day weekend of 2013. And today, the, the, the network is on the air in 16 cities throughout the United States. As we've grown, I, we hired a new uh, CEO to take over the day-to-day operations of the network. Um, I have uh, pretty much returned back up here to the Maryland area. We're, we're based in Little Rock, Arkansas, the television network. Right. So, the south, is based in Little Rock, Arkansas. Um and my family is here. My wife, my two sons. Um, they never really, you know, I never brought them down there to Little Rock because, um, you know, with any fledgling business, Ryan, you know, you got to kind of, you know, take your time as you're trying Understand. to build. Cause you never, you never know what's going to happen. Um, and what we came to discover as we, we grew um, that we, we ran into challenges on distribution from cable companies like Comcast and Time Warner, um, not being willing to give us. Um, space, even though they had pledged to Congress that they would put on more African-American TV networks um, when they got the the NBC Universal deal. So they didn't really provide us with many, uh, you know, outlets. And then, um, you know, a lot of the big television station groups have been buying up a lot of the smaller groups, creating bigger conglomerates, and it's made it a little tougher to break in. So I had hoped to get us up to about, you know, 50 to 70 stations um, instead, right now we're about 17, and, and as, as such, our our economic models change. Um, and so, you know, we're, we're making a lot of our money off of the direct response advertising that comes in, but direct response is different from your regular advertising where you're getting your McDonald's and your um, Chevrolet ads. What you get instead are those 800 numbers for uh, asbestos law cases and stuff like that, and there's nothing wrong with them. They just don't pay as much. So as a result, we just have to look at our model and say, okay, let's readjust our model. Let's have people on the ground in Little Rock. Let's reduce our staff, and, you know, I'll step back and be more of an investor while the people on the ground there run the day-to-day operations. So it's been fascinating, though. It's been a fascinating ride that God would allow me to, you know, a little humble kid from the streets of Philadelphia um, to to go off to an Ivy League school, eventually on a National Magazine. And then launch a television network, and it's just been amazing. Yeah. So,
1: exactly. I mean, I mean, your story, your story is definitely uh, inspirational and amazing. Like you say it seems like you you go in with a uh, you probably have a, a big vision, but you go with a humble heart, and everything that you touch turns into something even bigger, and, and that's just amazing. And I won't, the last thing I want to touch on uh, was about new relationships. Now, you uh, you know, all the media stuff you've done is, is is great, but one of the things that you've also done with which is um, you know, just on a more noble aspect uh, is the black professional men's organization that you uh, were part of that. You were co-founder of that, correct?
0: Absolutely. I'm one of the co-founders along with a brother named Scott Phillips and another one named Drew Hawkins. Back in 1991 the three of us got together after doing a fundraiser for the then mayor Kurt Schmoke and challenged us. and said, look, you, know, you guys need to organize so I'll know who I can tell people to appoint to boards and and, and recommend for new jobs. So we got together. Um, you know, it was probably fifty of us who had a dinner fundraiser with them. But two of us came out of it saying we got to get this done. And later, another guy joined us, and the three of us founded Black Professional Men. And now here we are, twenty-four years later. I've been amazed that we've been able to mentor over three thousand young black men. And we every summer we have what we call the Rays of Hope Awards and Scholarship, mm-hmm. breakfast, where we give awards to outstanding black men who are achieving in every field of human endeavor from law to business to education to medicine. But we also give out at least 10 scholarships a year to the young men that we call the BPM Scholars. And so to date we have given out over 220 scholarships to young brothers who have gone off to colleges all over the country and done some outstanding things. We've had Rhodes Scholars, Fulbright Scholars, valedictorian of their college classes. Um, We're really super proud. Of these young men, and um, and I thank God for giving me the opportunity to give back via Black professional men. And I, I've been
1: to a couple of those uh, the, the scholarship breakfasts, and it, it's really inspirational to see uh, the stories of the young guys uh, meet all the other uh, men who are there. Because you guys also give out awards to um, grown men as well in the in the uh, community, uh, business awards, and religious awards. You guys, it's a great, great. Organization and um, and I was just doing a book signing recently down in Virginia at a military base, and uh, a gentleman came in and asked me. He said, "You know, if you you join Black Professional Men, I'm like, how do you know about that all the way down here?" But uh, it's uh, it's definitely, definitely a a huge, huge movement that you guys have. Um, We've got about two minutes left. I want to give you a chance uh, just to um, give me words of encouragement or, or, or. uh, uplift to those who are listening and those who are, are trying to pursue their passions, uh, and maybe they think that what's out there is too big for them. You know, they're like, you know, I can't do a, a television network, you know, but uh, they're at they're home. They just want to make YouTube videos that go viral, you know, or something. Uh, what, what can you give <laughs> to our listeners on, on inspirational as on, on they're on their journey?
0: Oh, man, well, I absolutely – first of all, I'm a man of faith. Like I said, I believe in God and You know, a higher being that God's my path, which gives me an incredible amount of faith. So I encourage everybody to first find their faith. Have faith in yourself. Have faith in your dream. You know, um, God will bless you with talent. He's blessed all of us with a talent. He's blessed all of us with ability. And so, therefore, the only thing gently getting in our way is between our ears. It's our head. Mm -hmm. It's whatever is going on that's limiting you is in your head. It's not in reality. So what you've got to do is reprogram your thinking to believe that you can achieve anything. Um, know that you've been blessed with, you know, incredible talent, with incredible abilities, because um, God, God has made us perfect. So, therefore, go for what you dream about. Like I say, dream it, plan it, do it, dream about it, write it down, make it plain, share it with one or two people that you trust. This is my dream. This is what I'm going to do, and I'm going to ask you to hold me accountable to it. And we can check in with each other on a regular basis for you to be able to evaluate, maybe even give me some some input and advice. And now you want to make sure you do that with people who love you and people who who support you because there are, like you said, there are haters out there sometimes, and people don't want you to be bigger than them, and sometimes you need to cut those people off. But certainly, you know, look around you at who you spend your time with. Like you said earlier, look around at the five people that you spend the most time with and generally they say that your your earnings is going to be the average of the five people that you spend the most time with are people that you call your friends or in your circle. So look at those people. Right. Are they doing what you want to do at the level you want to do it? Put yourself in that circumstance. Dream it, plan it, do it. And finally, I'm on to the, the next thing that I'm on to right now, uh, besides being in real estate and, and I'm really building a, a, a really nice real estate business right now where we're investing in in, in properties, where we have rental properties. We're, you know, buying and selling real estate. Um, but the other thing that I really care about is the political agenda in this country and how um, it impacts our community. And so, I um, have I'm launching a whole new website called 100 100, mil agenda, 100 mil, Mill Agenda 100 Mill M I L L Agenda 100 Mill Agenda is a a brown and black superpath. So what we're looking to do is, as opposed to running around, following behind charismatic figures and electing them, why don't we all come together collectively as African-Americans, as Latino-Americans, who have a lot of the same issues? And why don't we put together an agenda that, uh, around the economic um, issues, housing issues, health, all those issues, and let's hold that, that up as the standard by which you will support people. If they say we will get behind this agenda and we'll support it, we'll go to the halls of Congress, we'll go to the halls of City Hall, we'll go to the governor's mansion, we'll go to the presidential, uh, to the White House and support this, then we can get behind that candidate. And it doesn't matter to me whether they're Democrat, Republican, Independent, Green Party, if we believe that they are genuinely and sincerely the best people to carry out our agenda, that's who we should get behind. So we, we have an agenda, Absolutely. we have the ability to put our money together into a super PAC, and with, with money and a demand, we can get to change. So once again, I'm off, I'm dreaming a big dream, and I believe that everybody can be a part of this dream and make a change in our country, and I encourage everybody, let's dream big dreams, plan it and do it.
1: Man, that you we have to bring you back on so we can talk some more about that. We are all out of show for today, though. I want to thank you so much uh, for, for being a guest. We're going to bring you back on in the future. We can talk about the 100-mil uh, program that you're doing as well. Uh, again, my name is Ryan Green. You've been listening to the Passion for podcast. I want to thank Edwin Aven for being our guest. Tune in next week. You can log on to dot Peace. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Passion for podcast, a production of Greenhouse Media. To listen to past episodes and to subscribe to our email list, visit www.thepassionpreneurs.com. I'm Ryan Seagreen. Thanks for listening.